All right, welcome back to the J.P. Peterson Show. we got so many great guests lined up for the next uh, couple of weeks. Uh, James Brown is going to join us a little bit later on, uh, 5 o'clock today. Bruce Gradkowski as well. And uh, our next guest, one of my favorite people on this entire planet, had a chance to work with him uh, back in 07 and 08 when he was calling the Bucks games, Charles Davis of CBS Sports Now. What's up, Charles? How are you, buddy? We had a lot of fun during that time, didn't we? We that did. Was, that was a good time. <laughs> we did indeed. That was that was the like the end of the Gruden era, right? They, they went yeah. to the playoffs. The last time we went yep. to the playoffs, right? It was that was a good exactly. football team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, fun time. A uh, much different football team. What we're dealing with here, uh, this Buccaneers yeah. team, and you know, kind of my my monologue today, Charles, was we love Brady, and so much of this is about him. But these last couple of wins, especially, have been team wins. Um, yeah. W- w- would you agree with that? Absolutely, absolutely. I'm glad that you actually brought that up and made sure that, that it was illuminated. Because, look, Tom Brady deserves every bit of credit and accolade that, that he that he is receiving. Kudos should be getting him because he's a huge reason why this all went down. But he didn't have his best game on Sunday, okay? Three interceptions, not all his fault, but still three interceptions. Mm-hmm. But that defense didn't let Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. take over. That defense didn't let Aaron Rodgers decimate him on the turnovers. They stuffed you know, their opportunities to score because mm-hmm. what Green Bay get? What, one touchdown off of three turnovers? I think, that's, yeah, six points total. Yeah. Six points, right? Yeah. Six points total, or was it two fields? Whatever it was, it was really impressive them coming together, getting that done. Todd Bowles' unit on the defensive side and not panicking, not getting frustrated, none of that happening. But, you know, to watch Leonard Fournette blossom here in the playoffs to be the guy who was the number four pick in the draft at one point. Ronald Jones battling through a thigh injury mm-hmm. and still ripping off big runs. Um, you know, Chris Godwin battling a little bit of the, you know, a little bit of case of the drops, which yeah. isn't normal for him. I know. But I think we also have to not underestimate isn't he a guy went through some hand issues this year. Right. He tried to play through so many things. He's as tough as, as leather out there. And just finding who's going to be that guy each and every week that'll jump up. Gronk doesn't get his number called into what? Fourth quarter yesterday? Yeah, they hit yeah. him with that pass, and all of a sudden he's running like he's five years younger? <laughs> Everybody's making a contribution, and I just love the offensive line. I mean, obviously Ryan Jensen is the great symbol of it in the face. And if WrestleMania does finally break out <laughs> after the Super Bowl, he will be in the main event. But. That's a really good offensive line with Marpet, Stinney doing yeoman's duty in their yeah. guard, having to step in. And, of course, Wirfs has been more than oh. more than what they drafted. And Donovan Smith has really elevated his game down the stretch. You know, you mentioned Donovan, and I think he is kind of proof positive of the what I call the Brady effect. You know, how he just – he's that rising uh-huh. tide that lifts all the boats. And, Don, and I said, you know, early on, I'm like – is he going to be able to handle what's coming at him? Because Brady, you know, Jameis and Donovan were great friends, and I don't know if Jameis yep. ever held him accountable like needed to, to be done, but you knew Brady was going to do it, and, and I'll, I'll take my hat off to, to, uh, to Donovan. He has really played his ass off this year, and it's just been tremendous, and he has answered the bell every single time, and I think Brady has helped him in that regard. As he I has would agree with that. Yeah. I absolutely agree with that, and I think that – he was playing to that level before it got noticed. Right. Yeah. You know, look, I think this whole team, the seven and five open week is kind of the line of demarcation for the entire team. Right. Yeah. 
And when you put it all together, you start backtracing. But I think that Donovan had stepped his game up, stepped up his consistency, which I think was the biggest word for him throughout his career. And when you get to the playoffs and he did what he did against New Orleans, now the whole world sees it. Because that's where they had the issues in the regular season, right? That's where the breakdowns were. That's where Tom Brady was harassed, didn't have the time, et cetera. And now all of a sudden he's handling one side. Worse is handling the other. That allows everyone else to go out there and do their thing and Tom Brady to be Tom Brady. So, yeah, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. But I, I really go back to that open week, 7-5. Mm-hmm. and five. It wasn't a lock to make the playoffs at that point. But I think that team got better and better before people even noticed how much better they had got. Uh, Charles Davis joining us here uh, for CBS Sports, who will obviously be doing the Super Bowl. Um, you know, and that's a and ask. I'm trying to say what what changed after that. The the thing I noticed the most was the offense went seemed more Brady like after that yeah. bye week. More motion, pre snap motion, more play action passing, more running of the football. Um, I think they, they're self scouting. They showed it and they did it. And I think defensively, I think Todd Bowles, you know, finally said, "Look, what my guys do best is play press man, and we just go get after the quarterback. And we're going to get burned every now and then, like they did yesterday with mm-hmm. with, uh, with with Scantling. So, yeah, like, yeah. but they didn't panic, like you said, they didn't panic. They stuck to their guns, and I think this team that we've seen the last seven games has been what they evolved into, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with that as well, and. JP, I'm going to go back to my crew. We came to Tampa early in the season for the Chargers game. Mm-hmm. And you remember how that started? Michael Davis with the pick six. Right. And, the whole, and before it was over, we were going, oh, there's Tom Brady. Yep. Right? Yep. Sensational that day, right? Yep. You lost O.J. Howard, and Cameron Braid hadn't been doing a whole lot then. But since that time frame, mm-hmm. he became more and more part of the offense, right? Um, Ronald Jones became a huge part of the offense and, and, and rewarded Bruce Arians' confidence. And people forget Bruce Arians has been given this type of, of run to Ronald Jones for a couple seasons. Yeah, You know, a lot of people said, you got to make a move there. you got to do something. And he kept saying, he's my guy. And everybody kept looking at B.A. with like an arched eyebrow. Like, <laughs> right? Because you're close to a J.P. You know yep. people are like, really? Yeah, yeah. And, re- and he was rewarded for his faith in him. I'm just going to put it to you this way. As terrific as these players are in Tampa, I still think that Bruce Arians doesn't get his due. Mm -hmm. I do think that Todd Bowles, Keith Armstrong, the rest of that staff, Byron Leftwich, don't get their due. And I say it this way. We are very quick in our sports world to really be locked in on those coaches that look like they have a heavy hand Mm -hmm. and are driving everything, right? Those coaches that seem like they've involved their players or they listen to them or maybe they're, they're, they're not as autocratic, they don't get their due until True. much later. B.A. and his crew, like he said it this week, we allow Tom to coach. Why mm-hmm. wouldn't we? Right. <laughs> I mean, God knows what he's doing. Right. To your point about adding things, moving this, what's going to make us better? And I had a philosophy early in the season, and, and, and I'm sticking with it. I remember early in the year when everybody was screaming about how B.A. was saying this about Tom in the, in the media? Yes, you can't yes. talk about Tom like right, that. Right. And, you know, all the old Patriots are like, oh, my God. My theory, J.P., and I'm st- as I said, I'm staying with it, was that Tom was in on it the entire time. B.A. is smart enough that he's not going to just do things like that without purpose. I will guarantee you that somewhere in there, 
he had sat down with Tom and said, you realize I'm going to have to coach this team through you. You're my superstar. So if I get on you at times, I'm not necessarily getting on you. I'm putting everybody else on notice. And if I can get on Tom Brady, I can jump your butt anytime I want to. And Tom knew that and handled it like a champ and was right there with him. And you see the reward now. What does B.A. talk about now? How great Tom is, how wonderful he is, how this, how that. I really firmly believe it because I've seen coaches do this before with their superstars. And Tom Brady's used to this. Bill Belichick jumped on him all the time. Hey, I'm in on this now. (laughs) Fine with me. Do what you want to. And you see how it all worked its way together. And I'll stop here on this, J.P., but this wasn't supposed to happen in a COVID year with no OTAs and nobody right. can. Well, and that's why it took so long for them to get to that, the bye week, and then become the team they involved. That was, like Bruce said early on, I uh, had some conversations with him before the season. He says, we're going to lose four to 500 reps in trying to yeah. teach a new offense. He goes, that's going to, he goes, I've never done that before. I don't know how that's going to work out, but I think it's going to take us a while to really figure out what our identity is. And I'm glad you brought up about the, the national narrative about him, you know, him criticizing uh, Brady. And I, yeah, I went on a couple shows and I said, he's not criticizing. He's, he's answering the questions honestly. We're asking yep. him who's, whose fault is this, and, who, and then most coaches won't answer you honestly. Bruce has such a great relationship with his players he has, because he gets to know them on a personal level and a very deep personal level. So that trust is already built there. So when he goes out in the media and says, yeah, that was Tom's fault or that was Rojo's fault or whatever, he, the guys know that he's got their back. He's not throwing them under the bus. He's just, no. he's just being honest. And I think when you have that relationship with your players, you can do that. And I think you also see the fruits of being able to change and evolve and guys buying in because they feel like they're part of the process, right? Yeah, I, I agree. And, and the best coaches have always done the yes. exact same thing. They don't treat everyone equally on the team. They treat them fairly. Right. So what that means is if this guy needs a little bit more of the foot in the behind, he gets it. If this guy needs more kid gloves, he gets it. But but across the board, everyone knows where they stand. And that's why I do believe that, yes, he did all those things, the guys bought in and all that, but you can't tell me for a second, JP, that he didn't have closed-doors conversations with Tom right from the word go. This is what's going to go down. This is what you're going to hear. This is how it's going to happen. If you get involved in this with me, we're going to be ahead of the game. And Tom and, and Tom's all about winning. Yep. So Tom's like, I'm in. Yeah. Okay. And now people are realizing one more time, go through Bruce Arians' full track record, coach of the year in Indianapolis under very difficult circumstances, coach of the year with the Arizona Cardinals, we got a chance to build his roster and make Carson Palmer more than viable down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Got to an NFC championship game. Now he's finally made it to the Super Bowl. And, oh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh owes him a great debt as well as an offensive coordinator in one of the Super Bowls they won. So let's, let's not discount the fact this guy's been a great coach for a long time, but now he's gotten to the stage where everyone across America can go, oh, yeah, he really is, because you know as well as I do, J.C. Yeah. You can be a great coach, but if you don't get to the Super Bowl, you might not get acknowledged as one. No, it's so true. And, Charles, uh, before you go, real quick, you're, you know this Chiefs team so well. Um, and, and of course the Bucs as well. How do, how do they match up? How do you see this uh, the, the matchup in this game? Well, it's a fun matchup, and, and let me let me just start very quickly. Okay, Tampa Bay offense versus Kansas City defense. It'll be fun to see, you know, how Kansas City's going to want to match up with all the great, you know, perimeter guys. Yeah, 
But the big thing for Kansas City, the heavy lifting is going to be Chris Jones, Derek Noddy, those guys inside. Can they handle Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, because B.A. and, and Byron Leftwich will run the football. Yep, in this okay. offensive line, yep. yep. Yes, in that offensive line, okay? Now let's flip it over to the other side. Todd Bowles is irresistible for him to blitz, right? In right. fact, right. while you and I are having this conversation, he just created five more blitzes, <laughs> okay? But Patrick Mahomes handles blitzes as well as any quarterback in the game <sighs> and usually makes you pay. Yep. But I'm looking at that Kansas City offensive line. Doubtful they'll have Mitchell Schwartz at right tackle has been on IR. Yep. Mike, uh, Eric Fisher tore his Achilles. He's out for the Super Bowl at left tackle. Mm-hmm. There will be some shuffling across that line. I don't know that Todd's going to be able to say to himself, I'm just going to sit back and, and, and play coverage. I might have to attack that offensive line a little bit, especially to, to, to eliminate the run game. Yep. Because if you eliminate it, make Mahomes throw 50-plus times. Can he beat you? Yes. But believe it or not, you're actually in better shape than when he can hand it off. People forget in that first Buffalo game, they ran it 46 times for 246 yards that night. That's right. They can be patient if the run game is there. But if it's not, track squad is really, really good. We know that. <laughs> but this is also a Tampa Bay secondary that is physical, press man, and then you can run with people because of Devin White and Levante David. Yeah, they. I think they'll have a safety over the top this time for Tyreek Hill. I you think. Get that? <laughs> I think that's probably going to happen. Yeah. Hey, Charles. Uh, always a pleasure to to chat with you, my friend. So glad uh, to catch up with you again. Hopefully, I'll see you here in Tampa uh, next week for the Super Bowl. I'm sure you'll be around. I certainly look forward to. It. We'll have our masks on. We'll do the the social distancing thing. Indeed. But it'd be a great chance to give a hearty hello to you again. I've missed you, my friend. Yeah, same here. Thanks, partner. Really appreciate your time coming on. The great Take uh, care, Charles Bye-bye. Davis. Um, all right, we shall take a break. If you want to comment on that, 727-518-0820. Quick three-minute break. Our quarterback guru, Shane Stafford, is just he is warming up in the bullpen, throwing fastballs. He's going to break down all the key plays in yesterday's NFC Championship win. Stay with us.